In the grand theater of life, we all seek a comeback, a resurgence, a rekindling of our inner fire. But how do we spark that flame? Welcome to Reignite Resilience. This is not just another podcast. This is a journey, a venture into the heart of human spirit, the power of resilience, and the art of reigniting our passions. Welcome back to another edition of Reignite Resilience. I'm your co-host, Natalie Davis, and I am so happy to be back with everyone. We have a special guest on the show today. I will just dive right in because I want to just dive in and learn more about her and more about the process that she's going through. Natalie Gold has been in the real estate world for the past 20 years. 18 of those years has been a closing associate, helping agents get to the closing table. And three of those years, she's worked as a realtor herself. In 2021, she took a chance on herself and worked diligently to open Rocky Mountain Title. They were recently voted the best title company in Colorado. She has four boys and a loving husband of 16 years. When not working, you can easily find her on the football or baseball fields. She's been pushing to better herself for the past few years and decided then that she needed to break generational curses that were placed on her family years ago, and she went sober from alcohol. Please help me in welcoming Natalie Gold. Natalie, welcome to the show. Welcome. (laughs) Yeah. And Pam, welcome too. Pam is here with us. How are you, Pam? I am here. I'm here. (laughs) Natalie just does such a good job at the intro place. I'm like, I just will let you keep doing it. But I'm here. Oh my gosh, we are all here. And we do have a lot of excitement and energy around a topic that, you know, some people may try to steer away from diving into when we talk about sobriety. But before we go into the discussion, why I'm so excited about having Natalie on for today is that she just celebrated I'm going to give it the volume that it deserves. 365 days of sobriety. So I guess you're 367 days now. Is that correct? Amazing. (laughs) Yeah, 367. Congratulations. (laughs) And so I did not know this about Natalie. And we happened to be passing in the hallway having conversation. And she mentioned that she was coming up on her one-year anniversary. And I said, I want to talk to you about this Mm -hmm. because... As you all heard, she works in the real estate industry, and we've discussed it on this show before. Within the real estate industry, there is a strong presence of alcohol and drugs and everything. So if it's prescription or illegal or wherever you may be, there's a presence of those things. So I think you reach a point where you recognize that you have a problem, or maybe you don't. But Natalie, I'd love to just turn it over to you and kind of Walk us through this journey. Where were you when you talk about like breaking this generational curse, doing the work on yourself, maybe even before deciding to take this journey into sobriety, where were you? What was going on in your life? I think a lot of it had to do with just opening the title company and just really having to bet on myself and really realizing what I needed to remove to be able to better myself. And I was reading a book called... I can't believe I'm forgetting the name of it. It was like one of my favorite books. I'll tell you in a minute. But it's all about habits and recognizing which habits are good habits and which habits are bad habits. Mm -hmm. Is it Atomic Habits by James Clear, by chance? Thank you. Yes, Yes, it was. was. We reference that book quite a bit on this show. So that's great. Yes. (laughs) I'm one of those people like, when it's a good read, I cannot put it down. But it really opened my eyes to like, okay, what do I need to remove? And what is a bad habit? So I'd already started to notice 
that was a habit. It was an everyday thing. Even if it was just one or two at the end of the night, like it was an everyday thing. So I had gone like 30 to 60 days and then would drink again and then we'd go another 30. But then something happened where it just struck me and I was like, oh, now I have to like remove it. My son, I have four boys and they're getting older. And my 15, he was actually 14 at the time when this happened, decided to go out with some friends, turned his phone off, turned his Snapchat off. I couldn't find him. I stayed up all night. And he comes sneaking in at like 5am. And I was yelling and screaming and cursing, you know, the mom. And I was just like, how dare you? What are you thinking? I stayed up all night. And he looked me dead in the eyes. And he goes, what mom? I've waited up for you plenty of nights. And I was like, oh, Oh, oh boy. And it was the second he said that I was like, Uh I'm never going to drink again. It just struck a chord with me. And it made me realize that I was just replicating the behavior I had watched my whole life, which was my mom. I would wait up for her. And so I was like, the second he said it, I just said, nope, that's it. So I already like prepared myself, I feel like. So I was kind of going down that road of like, this isn't good for me. I need to try to like limit myself. And I'm the type of drinker where I just don't know when to stop. So when I want to come home, I would literally just like pass out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) What industry was your mom in? Was she in the real estate industry? No. no. So she would just be out late with yeah. friends drinking. Okay. Yeah, so it was something. Always with friends. Herself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it was always just like a part of my life. She was like the entertaining one, just like real estate and title. Like you're entertaining people all the time. Like that was my mom. Like she wasn't in the real estate world, but she just always thought like, it's a party. Life's a party. There's a similarity. And I think, Pam, you've brought this up. And actually, Natalie, we had an entire episode on habits. So that's why we mm-hmm. are very yeah. familiar with the Atomic Habits book. But Pam, you brought up in the past, you know, when you go through and you do like, is it the whole 30, right? Yes. And you have to yes. stop alcohol, sugar and all of those things. And so you yeah. stop and then your reward at the end of it is, well, I'm going to have a drink. I made it 30 sure. days. I am going to have a cocktail. Yep. Natalie, you mentioned like going 30 days, 60 days, having a break. Did you yeah. find yourself having that same cycle? It's like, oh, I made it 60 days. Let me have a cocktail to celebrate. Yeah, that's kind of what happened. And then I would notice that I would start doing the daily thing. And I was like, oh, now I'm making it a habit again. Mm -hmm. So for me, now that I've come this far, and now that while I've been doing this journey, I've been super vocal. And I didn't even realize that my 15-year-old was watching me on social media until like six months in. So now he'll like ask me what day I'm on and my little ones ask me. So now it's kind of like, okay, I'm setting an example. I'm not going to mess that up. (laughs) Yeah. You're creating that community by sharing your story with other people, which is inspiring other people to maybe look at themselves and wow, look at this person who's trying to live a better life. So absolutely love that. And because you read Atomic Habits, Instead of setting those mile markers, like, okay, I'm going to not drink for 30 days. I'm not going to drink for 60 days. Did you change what the identity was that you wanted to become? Because they talk about create an identity. I want to be the identity of a healthy person instead of that. I want to not drink for 30 days or 60 days or whatever. I do believe that. Yeah. Like I had an image of somebody that I feel like I'm definitely turning into her. And much more like confident, like the anxiety is completely gone. Yeah, I used to have a lot of anxiety and just the clarity that comes with it is amazing. Like, I don't think 
I even realized just how much doubt and fear and anxiety creeps in when you are drinking. And I feel like for me, at least, especially. It's interesting as we're talking through this, I just literally within the last hour had two invitations, one by the realtor, one with a lender to go get marks. And I'm just like, so our industry, whether it's a title person or a lender or a real estate, alcohol is just like the common thing that we just it's, do. But it brings everything together. It is. It's just the community. Yes. And what's interesting is I have a lunch this Friday with a realtor and she shared with me, we were trying to plan this and she goes, you know what? I'm not drinking right now. Can we do a lunch? And I'm like, I love that idea. So we're doing a lunch because she's like, if I do it in the evening, I'll want to drink. And so I thought that was just really interesting, but that's kind of what we're plagued with. And it's not just our industry. I think it's yeah. just the world we live in. Every holiday is about alcohol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, mm-hmm. what's the theme? What's the drink? Every what's celebration. Everything. Yeah. You name it. Everything. Sporting events. Everything's yes. revolved around it. Yeah. And how do we break that cycle? I think part of it's the community. So as you kind of gone through this journey, have you had people helping you, supporting you, kind of encouraging you to do this? Or is this something you felt like it's been a journey kind of on your own? You know, it's interesting. I've had so many people come alongside me and like tell me what day they're on. So that's been super inspiring to me just because I'm like watching other people kind of jump on the bandwagon. And then also I have plans in place right now of building like an actual sober bar. So it's going to be like mocktails and like Mm -hmm. dancing and live music. So just because... Absolutely. I love it. Through this process. Yeah. I'm so excited about it because I feel like that's what the community really does need is other options. Like, hey, we can still have fun. We can still do this, but we don't need to get wasted just to have a conversation with other people and get to know them. You don't need that. Well, and that's a big piece, Natalie, when you talk about having a cocktail to have conversation. And a few moments ago, you mentioned kind of the anxiety. Did alcohol serve as that liquid courage for you? Yeah. Like the second I would have just one or two, then it was like easy. Like I could talk to anyone. And now I'm like, no, I can talk to anyone. That was a big one. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, keep telling us about the journey itself, right? Like 367 days is not anything that you should bat an eye at. Again, kudos and congratulations. And I'm so excited for you on this journey. But day two, day seven, day 22, what did this feel like? What did that look like for you? What were some of the The, intentional decisions you had to make during that time? Honestly, that's why I want to build the sober bar so badly because my first 30 days, well, actually my first like six months were incredibly difficult. I very much isolated myself I started to feel feelings and like have memories come back that I had literally suppressed my entire life. Things were happening that I was just like, oh, I had no idea that I was just suppressing all of these emotions that were supposed to be feeling and working through. Something bad happened. I'd be like, oh, I got to go drink that one off. But really, I'm not drinking it off. I'm suppressing it and trying to forget about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, self-soothing. Just soothe that away. We'll deal with yeah, it later. Yeah, we'll just like yes. drink that away. Yes. It'll go away. Yes. <laughs> but all those things came up. So <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a lot of learning and really, truly finding myself. That was probably the most interesting part about it, honestly, is that I was living life and I was doing things and I had friends or so-called friends. 
Mm-hmm. But I didn't really know myself. I didn't know my values. I didn't have boundaries. I didn't actually know what my life goal was or my purpose, like nothing. I was mm-hmm. just kind of going along with it. But I never truly stopped and asked myself, like, what does Natalie want? Or what do I believe in? And what do I stand for? And those are things that really started to come to me. And I was like, oh, wow, like that's actually on my heart. And I want to pursue that mm-hmm. as opposed to just rushing through life. And I didn't realize how much alcohol suppresses all those things. <laughs> yeah, wow. absolutely. Wow. Yeah. When you were talking about how hard it was at certain points when you started having these emotions come up, what were the things that you did to not run to the bottle? Because it would be really easy to say, you know what, this is hard. This is messy. I'm just going to have a drink and forget about it. And then I'll start over again tomorrow. Were there things that you did like exercise or meditation or anything that you did that could help? So I did start meditating. I have started meditating. I am also a very big believer. So I would also pray a lot. And then also like on the really hard days, I would ask my son like, hey, do you want to go grab some ice cream? You know, and he kind of knew that that was like mom's way of being like, hey, I actually need you. And he was so cute. He'd always be like, yeah, let's go, mom. He just got his permit. Having our little drives has helped me a lot. Just kind of being more present. So I know you said you isolated yourself and I know that you had your son there to kind of help distract you when you were feeling that way. Were there any other communities that you reached out to? Any other communities of people, whether it's spiritually or people you worked with that helped you through this? Or did you feel like you were kind of, I did this on my own? Mixture of both. I definitely do feel like the universe put people in my life that are still very much in my life. Like true friends. Not just drinking buddies that I thought were friends, but then the second I stopped drinking, they just disappeared. That was pretty interesting. It was like, oh, you're not drinking? So weird. And then they just never called. I was like, oh, okay. So that was kind of like very eye-opening. But then, like I said, God was putting people in my life that were literally there to like teach me about meditation or get me to church and like guide me into a better way. And I think a lot of that definitely comes back to the piece that you mentioned when you started to uncover the things that you suppressed for so many years, right? Like identifying Mm -hmm. the, the things that were valuable to you. What were the things that were important to you that you could really like get behind that you were passionate about? If you're suppressing those things, right? If you're suppressing it with alcohol, if you're suppressing it with work, whatever that may be, the people in your circle, they know that version of you. So as you're starting to uncover all of these things, people are seeing a new version of you that I'm sure that not having someone to drink with also played a role in that, but they probably didn't know what to do with this new version of you, right? Or this this evolving version of you. Let's not even say that it's new. It's just evolving version of you. Yeah. The hardest was staying married through all of that. (laughs) Like, honestly, people don't talk about that. We just celebrated 16 years on Friday. Congratulations. Thank you. So shocked. Honestly, I was blown away and shocked that we made it because this last year of me growing and me changing and me healing, I think it was hard for him to keep up. He was like, what's happening? Who are you? You're not this unhealed, broken version that I married and knew. Obviously, I think I'm better than I was then. But to him, it was still very hard to reconnect. I think in his mind, I was leaving him. I was outgrowing him. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. And I imagine that that is probably a fear that a lot of people have, not only with losing a marriage or a relationship, going through a transformation like this, because it is a transformation, but also the social aspect of it, especially in our industry. I think there's this fear that, oh my gosh, if I'm not drinking and fun to hang out with, then will people like me or will I have a tribe of people? And so it's easier just to, I'm just going to keep drinking. It's way easier to just do that than the alternative. So a lot of it's that fear and that hard work and then discovering who we really are. And I think you said it yourself. There were so many things that you suppressed that you didn't even remember. That can be a really scary journey. And not everybody wants to take on that discovery. And they don't ask for it, right? Like that's the other piece. It's good on you, Natalie, for going through this and growing and having more intention in your life. But I didn't ask for this, right? As the spouse or the best friend or whatever. Oh, yeah. You're right. It did change everything because I used to be the person that was like, hey, let's have a party. Let's do this. And everything was revolved around alcohol. So thankfully, my husband's never been a super big drinker. But he did all of a sudden want to start drinking when I stopped, which was interesting Interesting. because I thought maybe it was like his way of testing me. I don't know what it was, but he doesn't know. He even said, I don't know why I did that to you. He did it for months. We would go out to eat and he'd order a drink and I would just be like almost in tears because I was like, okay, I don't need a drink. I don't need a drink. Why are you tempting me? Yeah, (laughs) why are you doing this? Oh my god. Did you and your husband do work together? I know that you were doing a lot of the work independently in terms of you working through your sobriety. Did the two of you do work as well? Because like you said, you're surprised that you guys made it through this last year. It was challenging. And what did that work look like? Yeah, I think that's when God showed up. God really did just show up. Like He put some people in our life that were huge. And we wouldn't have made it without them because they brought us onto like this marriage retreat. And that's when we really had to like dig deep, forgive each other for things. And I think his thing is his mom was very broken. And when he found me, I was broken. So I almost feel like I was like a project. He kind of tied us together like that. And then when I started healing, I think it just scared. And he even admitted that maybe those were tied together a little bit. That makes sense. But yeah, the marriage retreat definitely helped us a lot. Just talking. Just to talk. (laughs) Communication. That's a big one. (laughs) Okay, so you did the meditation. You had people come into your world that really supported you and helped you through it. Like they were placed there for that moment in your life. The retreat with your husband. How did you get through the emotions? Because you said there were a lot of like memories and stuff that came up. That can be very overwhelming for people. How did you process through some of those emotions? Did you do it on your own? Was it the help of a counselor? So I'm a big journaler. And then also, I've been super vocal online about it. And that actually helped me more than anything. Just kind of holding myself accountable to like people I don't even know. And the support that I was getting online was huge. Especially the DMs or whatever you call them, the direct messages of people just sharing their story and how they're going sober because of this. That made me be like, okay, now I really feel like people are doing this with me and I don't want to like just start drinking again and then have everybody be like, no, we got to all drink now. You know? So I don't know, a little bit of it in my head does make me feel like, okay, I got to keep going. And especially with creating the sober bar that I want to create, I can't start drinking and create a sober bar. Yeah. You know? 
So you created your own community, basically, by sharing your story on Facebook with a bunch of strangers. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. I think that's one of the amazing things about social media is that you can share something you're going through and you have no idea who it's going to reach in a moment when they needed to hear exactly what it was that you needed to say. So such a beautiful thing. And it's so interesting. You're talking about the sober bar. I'm seeing more and more advertisements from celebrities that are creating or endorsing the non-alcoholic alcohol. And I just think if you can get people like that promoting it, that hopefully can change this world that we've gotten into where alcohol is just a part of people's lives. It's part of everything. There's not one sober bar in all of Denver. They're all over New York. New York, it's actually more of a thing. It's like $14 for a mocktail. And I'm not going to do anything like that. I just literally want it to be a place where people can actually come enjoy yourself and not have this temptation of like, oh, there it is just staring at me. Because every restaurant you go to, obviously every bar, but every Mm -hmm. restaurant even has a bar. So it's really hard to even go out. So that's why I was isolating myself in the very beginning. Because I'm like, I just don't even want to be near it. I don't want to have any temptations. And that's when it really got on my heart. Because I was like, I'm so blessed that I am a believer, that I do have my children, and that I do want to break this generational curse. And it's like in me. But some people don't have that. And so that's why I was like, we have to create this as a community, create this space that's a safe place. We hope that you have enjoyed part one of this two-part series on sobriety with Natalie Gold. First of all, I just want to commend her for her strength and courage in sharing her story with us. Join us as we come back for part two and learn more about what it's like in that first year of your journey to sobriety what it looks like, and how you can begin to transform your life by introducing new ways and new things to pour and invest your energy in that will actually make a difference not only in your life, but in the lives of those around you. We'll hope to see you soon. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Reignite Resilience. We hope that you had amazing ahas and takeaways. Remember to subscribe on your favorite streaming platform, like it and download the upcoming episodes. And if you know anyone in your life that is looking to continue to ignite their resilience, share it with them. We look forward to seeing you on our future episodes. And until then, continue to reignite that fire within your hearts.